everybody. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am your host, JP, and joining me as always, co-host, Mr. Nick Martin, the tenacious one. How are What's you, up, sir? Guys? I'm good. Awesome. With us today is an amazing guest. He is, he's done it all, man. TV shows, comedian, movies, uh, politic craziness. Uh, he's disrupted the world. He's gotten in Twitter beefs. You name it. It is the man, the myth, the legend. You know him as Mr. Tom Arnold. How are you, sir? It's great. It's great to see you guys. You look like uh, you look like guys that could either be my sons or <laughs> my my best friends or my worst enemies. Oh, but well, I, you sure? I, I'm I, hoping for yeah, best friends. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's go with the latter two, man. I mean, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll decide how after this hour goes if we're enemies or not. But I don't think we're going to go that direction. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, Tom. The premise of this podcast, which uh, we're very proud of, it's very unique. We discuss all things dad, or at least we try to uh, put some emphasis on, you know, the incredible job and important job that being a dad is. Now, fair warning, every single episode we've ever done on this podcast has gone off the rails every single time. So we're going to do our best to talk about dads. But, of course, we got a lot of time to fill. We'll probably talk a little bit about the life of you as well, and we'll just see how it goes. So first of all, man. How are you and your family holding up during the crazy times that is COVID? Well, uh, again, I want to thank you guys for doing this podcast because uh, because because I like it because I'm a dad. You know, I I live for my kids, and I also want to know get tips from other dads on, <laughs> on things. You know, I'm not well. COVID, my kids have been. I'm 62. I have an eight year old and a five year old, and uh, and they're here most of the time, and. It's been, we've been in quarantine. It's been wonderful. In my mind, I was like, this will be the best year ever. Uh, this will be life changing. You guys will remember this. You'll remember all the time with dad. You know, I have no idea what they're going to remember or what I would have remembered, but it forced us, you know, it's to be here together. My son just went back to first grade, in person first grade last week. And my daughter, who's five, it would have been here last year of preschool. There's no way that I'm going to do zoom preschool but up until then we were doing zoom class here and uh and just getting my son to focus on the screen that when it's not minecraft or <laughs> you know or some some video game has been a chore it's been a chore for the teachers too you know i, I love watching they put up all the kids in the on the zoom and then they start just falling out falling out and they disappear and so i was worried it was it was me and i was doing a bad job but then I, you know, I could hear some dads and moms saying, get back in there, get back in there. Uh, but uh, it's also given me this great opportunity because he did uh, Zoom school in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I have to go over everything with him. So I'm basically doing first grade again myself. Right. And it's fun to discuss this stuff and and uh, see what he got out of what the teacher said. And, you know, there's always homework and going through that. Just hear his explanation of, of things of life. And, uh, and, you know, and then at the end he has to, all his homework, he has to take a video of his hands and him, you know, to set it in. Like, it's, it's like you're on probation from prison <laughs> and they want to know where you are at all times because otherwise you know, I, I would just fill a lot of it out. Uh, but it's been a, it's been a great experience. I'm grateful that we're on the, I'm grateful that I'm vaccinated. I'm grateful we're getting on the other end of this. And, uh, but, it's, you know, it may be a little sad to take him to school, but that's, it's a good thing. 
your kids should go to school. Oh yeah. 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 They need the interaction with other kids in yeah. person for sure. Yeah. And we, yeah, we have, we do have play dates over here and, and we're very like last night, I live in a nice neighborhood with nice people, a real, like not a fan, not super fancy, regular neighborhood. It's the first time the kids and I have lived in a place where we didn't have a big gate out front or around the house. So we could see our neighbors. And, you know, uh, 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 last time we were playing, the last thing you do each day is play this crazy game of horse that can go on a long time. And, uh, and, because we had to finish you know and it was like 8 30 or it wasn't midnight although we've done it at midnight but so you know it, we've learned to uh you know it to have make ev- our house everything our house is you know the baseball field the football field the water balloon field we have a small yard here small compared to where i grew up you know in iowa and then we have the basketball and then we just make games out of uh, out of everything. So, and then we had friends over and it's like a party for these guys and uh, a lot of outdoor activity. That's how, that's how we do it. Yeah. So, that's what we've been missing, man. And, you know, back to the whole zoom education, we're both going through it as well. And uh, yeah. like yourself, both of my children, I have three, six, 16, 10 and seven, and they're all actually back into school full time as of last week. And it's, I ain't gonna lie, man. I enjoyed having them home, but it's oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have some of our time back now, and yeah, and and the work, you know, the the whole year that the parents were expected to work and educate their kids and be home for them, and it was it was a very hard juggle. And we're just, I'm glad, like you said, we're getting near the other end. My second shot is due in four days, so I'll okay. be I'll be vaccinated up. Um, oh, good for, but good for you. yeah, it, that's it's it's crazy. It's Kids should not be behind a computer learning, in my opinion. I mean, I'm glad they got that yeah. during the time, but it's I'm very, very thankful that they are back in. Tom, mm-hmm. so you said eight and five year old kids. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you've gotten this question in the past, but I got to know because I didn't go down too far the Wikipedia hole on Tom Arnold. How is it you got such a late start on being a father? Well, you know, I always wanted to be a father. And uh, yeah, I said it. I said I did. And it's a good thing I did. Um, you know, I thought I got a very early start of being a father. I, I, when I was 18, I was working at the Ormel meatpacking plant on the kill floor. I worked there for three years to save money for college. And my 17-year-old girlfriend said she was pregnant. And I was like, okay, here it goes. Uh, this, is, this is how people work here 45 years. They have a family, and that makes it worth it, you know. Right. And, uh, and I had to go. I Tumbles in southeast Iowa. And she was across the border in Missouri and I, I had to go tell her dad and her dad, you know, I'm, I'm six, two, but her dad was six, six and he wanted to murder me when I told him his, I'd like to marry your daughter because she is having a baby with me. And this guy just, you know, but he ended up giving me permission. And then my girlfriend, thank God, uh, told me that it wasn't true. And, and, uh, and then I thought, okay, I got a, I got another chance at, at life and, uh, and then I could uh, have kids, you know, when I get married. And so my first uh, uh, wife, Roseanne, I, we got married when I was 29 or 30. And, uh, and I, I figured out, here's how I figured out I, it was trouble. When I went to the University of Iowa, 
Uh, I used to donate blood and plasma every week for beer money, you know, <laughs> seven bucks. And I worked at the hospital school, right? And I loved the kids. But I saw uh, they put up signs for different jobs. And uh, and and uh, uh, what, what they gave up and said, donate sperm, $35. And I was like, holy hell. That's a way better I deal. <laughs> and, and I went back to my house and told my roommates, and we all went down, six of us. And ran down there. You couldn't... We couldn't have got there faster because I was thinking thirty-five dollars. This is back in in uh, nineteen eighty-two, and and, and uh, then you could do that. I assumed you could do it as many times as you could do it. So maybe three times a day, hundred five dollars. And they had nickel beer back then, and so we came busted in there. They had the Iowa Fertility Clinic, and they're like, "Slow down, boys. We have to test you. Yay, who's first? And and uh, so so they did, and they came back and. My buddies were good, but the doctor's like, I got some bad news, Mr. Arnold. You will never have a child the normal way. <laughs> you don't have enough swimmers. And I said, how many swimmers do I have? And he said, three. And I said, that seems like enough. And he's right. like, well, your friend there, your friend has three million. So it's not <laughs> enough. So I knew, I, I knew like early on that I had issues. And uh, it was great, though, after that, because... I, we'd have parties and I'd, I'd casually say to women, you know, I can't get anybody pregnant. I just want to put that out there like that would like that would make them more attracted to me and my insane roommates that, hey, the good news is you don't have to worry about that. Maybe the worst thing, I sweat on you and give you a staph infection. So you don't have to be, you won't be pregnant. But then when I uh, uh, got married uh, uh, to my first wife, uh, Roseanne, she had kids and I love being a stepfather. Uh, for the time uh, before that, you know, but then we wanted to try it. I said, I I have this problem. It's my issue. It's not yours. I don't want to do in vitro because that, that requires you getting shot up a lot with hormones. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the last thing I needed was, was her with hormones, but I also cared about her. And I said, <laughs> let's, let's adopt. Uh, and let this wife always said to all four of my wives, Let's adopt. Let's let's get a sperm donor. And and for the, the entire time that Shaquille O'Neal played for the Lakers, he lived right next door to me. And uh, and I would think, you know, uh, in Iowa, if you want to borrow a cup of sugar, you just go get your neighbor's house and say, can I borrow a cup of sugar? They're like, hell yeah. And so I thought, <laughs> there are many times I thought, because we lived on this cul-de-sac when everybody hung out, I need to get a cup of shack because seriously – if I have a seven foot tall black son, I'm going to be the happiest guy in all of the States. And, uh, but, but that wife even said, no, I really want to try. And Rosanna and I tried six times. It didn't work. And then, and then seven times. And, uh, uh, and then seven more times with my third wife. And, uh, and then, so, and by the way, all three of those women uh, got married right after, uh, right after we were together and had babies the, the normal way. So I didn't ruin them, ruin their bodies. And I was very relieved about that because I thought, you know, I had some guilt. Uh, but my, my fourth wife, I didn't plan on getting married. And I said, well, I do want to have a family. And and uh, and so I can't, I'm not going to put you through a vitro. I've been there. And it's too, you know, it's too, I've also been, been pregnant with a wife for months and then had that go away. So I said, I'm not going to do that to you, you know, uh, but uh, I, I'll adopt or whatever. And then, and then, you know, she said after we're married a bit, listen, I feel that uh, I don't hold your wreckage of your past against you, 
I feel you're holding it against me because you won't let us do in vitro. And then we went back and forth and said, okay, let's, let's try it. And it did work. It did work. It did work. And then, uh, uh, and then we said, okay, that's it. We were, you know, I really appreciate you trying. And then we had a, a thing because I've always used the same uh, fertility doctor. So I had to go down there and kind of close the uh, uh, accounts. And, and uh, I still had, she still had one egg down there and they still had one sperm. Literally, this a is, you know, because they're so good with it. And, and he said, and, and, and uh, you know, he said, uh, uh, you know, that that's not enough to, to juice you up with hormones. And I, and so she was very disappointed because to her, you know, and to me, one sperm, one egg, you know, and then, but uh, he said, um, uh, I said, but it's too bad there's science hasn't caught up and, and there's something you do on the man because the woman has to go through all the shit uh, and the man, you know, when science catches up, we'll be back. And this guy's been a friend of mine. He was my neighbor, this brilliant fertility doctor, Richard Mars, M-A-R-R-S. He said, well, actually, Tom, there is something I'd like to try to man. And uh, <laughs> I said, and my, I saw my wife's ears perk up. And I go, well, then I'm your guy. What is it? He goes, well, I was thinking about uh, uh, making a decision in your uh, scrotum and taking your testicles out and then putting a needle right in there in case it's your tubing. And I was like, okay. And I, I run that by me the hall next time. And now I'm in front of my old yeah. lady. And now I fucking have to do it. So I went in and did that. And they found yeah, they found it one new sperm. And they put it at something called ICSI, where they take a needle that's that small and inject that one sperm into her egg. And uh, nine months later, we had my son. It was a miracle. And uh, and then my daughter, Quinn, my son Jax, my daughter Quinn, you know, uh, we were not really together. And uh, we were having our issues of making plans to uh, uh, divorce and things. And, uh, and I was... I was over at the, the house, one, or my house. I was in my office, and we we're still living in the same house. And, uh, and the phone rang, and it was a cryobank in Long Beach. And they said, you, we're trying to get a hold of you. We don't have your new business manager, and you owe us $700. I said, why? And they said, because we have this frozen embryo from four years ago. And I was like, uh, and then my, my wife uh, at, at the time heard that and just drove straight to Long Beach. And, uh, and she didn't really get juiced up like you're supposed to with the hormones for it to stick. But uh, nine months later, our daughter was born. And so that was a miracle. And, and uh, you know, people are like, uh, I had people say, I said, whatever I get, whatever I'm blessed with, if I have to adopt it, you know, now they have my I have a child, my son, and people would be like, yeah, but a daughter. I go, you know, that's not going to happen. I've got, I've been more than blessed. And uh, I have to tell you, it is different. It isn't and I'm it. Grateful. It's great. I'm so grateful. We're in the same boat. So I got a, like the 16 year old stepdaughter, but my first born, uh, you know, blood was my son, and then next one was the daughter. So two swings, two hits, one boy, one girl, and the there's parallels, but raising them is it, it's a completely separate thing. And we seem to get into this every podcast, Nick, mm-hmm. when we talk how how different <laughs> it is raising a daughter versus your son. And, and yeah. oh, yeah. how much more <laughs> delicate you need to be when it comes to almost everything, whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, punishing them and teaching them and learning them. And even the way you talk, it's just, it's a crazy adventure, man. And, and I'm very excited and stoked for you that, I mean, it, yeah. it took a little time, man, but yeah, here you are. Time. 54, I was 54 when I had my son and 57 when I had my daughter. But, you know, 
it's not their fault. Their dad's old. You got to give it, you got to get up and do it all with them. You know, we mm-hmm. just had a big game over here with my daughter, a more gentle game. Uh, I always like to spend a little extra time with her, uh, when her brother's at school and, and, uh, very sweet. And she likes to do, she love, worships her brother, but he sometimes treats her like a, a little brother, you know, and I have four younger brothers and that, and I know how I treated them and, uh, and it makes it tough. And uh, that's another thing about being so close together with, with the COVID stuff is, you know, she can't, has been able to go to her girlfriends. They, uh, you know, time alone with each of them is extremely important to both of them. And, uh, that's something I've, I've tried to convince their mother of. And, uh, 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 but I, I just don't take for granted if she says, let's play this thing, let's get on the floor and play this ice cream game. I do it. And I'm, I'm you know, I love it. I love it. Let me ask you a question though, to yes. the, uh, uh, the, who has a 16 year old stepdaughter. Yes. Now is your wife live with you? Yes. Okay. I always have to ask that because sometimes they don't. And, she's, uh, she's currently so, right out there hanging out on the, uh, on the oh, ocean. Good, good. Well, let me just say this from, you know, Roseanne had, uh, when I, we got married, she had an 11-year-old son, uh, a 13-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old daughter who lived with us. And I loved it. But I'm going to tell you, getting in between a mother, a teenage girl, and her mother, first of all, my experience, it's the the biggest, I can't even describe the relationships, and love, hate, uh, you know, at a certain point, because uh, genetically, or our DNA, our kids are trained, they know they leave the nest like a bird, that there's something inside of them that uh, that uh, that they it's time to leave at a certain point and and uh, but I'll tell you those arguments you know I try to get in and break them up or or you know and then I had uh, both of them turn on me so yeah. uh, oh, you know you, almost you, you, weekly <laughs> you I, I, <laughs> it, it hasn't changed man and it's the same right. you know we we found that yeah you know, but think about ninety five percent of all the guests we talk to when it comes to stepchildren or even their own children yeah. this yeah. is. You spot on nail on head. That is exactly what it is. And it happened 30 minutes before we got on with you. I, I'm going to oh, give you an right. example. <laughs> and it's, and it's the biggest pile of shit excuse I've ever heard in my life. You know, here it comes. You ready? She comes, yeah. she walks down the hall. I'm sitting on the couch. I was actually doing a deep dive on YouTube on Tom Arnold. Uh, <laughs> I watched, the, I watched the hot ones episode. Crack me up, man. We'll oh, talk about that later. That you poor son brutal, of a bitch. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that looked difficult. <laughs> That's a real show. Oh, I know. She, and the show, yeah, so yeah. she walks by and she goes, JP, can I, can I eat in the food, eat in the bedroom? No, since she was two years old, no food in the bedroom. That's just one of the yeah. house rules, right? Yeah. 16. She, can I bring the food in the bedroom? I just look at her. Uh, no, <laughs> uh-huh. but I'm 16 now. Yeah. I don't care if you're 80. This is a rule. And then, yeah. then the attitude came and then, you know, we had to yell and, and, and it's just the mind and the hormones yeah, yeah. that they're all crazy. It's literally a, a heated argument started over the fact that she couldn't take a ramen in her room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. who, and that's a mild one. Yeah. I, I don't want to get in between the mom and her when they're, <laughs> when they're going at it, yeah. that is and difficult. Cause you're in a position where you have three kids and the other two, she's the oldest. And so if you let her eat uh, her ramen noodles in the room, then you're setting up. And that's what I would go to. You want your, you know, you know what ants are, right? I would do the whole thing. And your brother, your little brother, your little sister, yep. they see that. And then they're going to start doing it. And, uh, but, it, you know, it's also when you're about to do a show or something. You said it was, it was a half hour ago or 15 yeah. minutes. 
man, you just got to in your head go, is this going to be worth it? This, this argument, you got to, and you were strong. Cause I would have gone, okay, get ready to do a show. got those guys. We're going to be on your live. Um, th- I'd throw a towel down on her bed or wherever she was going to eat. So she didn't ruin it and say, okay, this one time, one time. And I saw, so I give in You're yeah, but you're good. But you, you know, you also have a wife backing you up, man. Yes. You know, your partner, you have a partner. Uh, uh, but, but you're right. You're right. You know, I'm, I'm learning. I make a lot of mistakes and, uh, and, and then I try to, to each side go, okay, what could I have done better? And, you know, again, with a girl, and I, I don't want to sound, but if my son says, I'm going to stay here in the hall and I'm going to lay on the floor, I'm not going anywhere because, because uh, I said, go to his room. You pick your son off the floor. My son weighs 130 pounds. He's first grade. He's a big kid, big head taller than everybody. And I, I will pick him up off the floor and carry him to his room because you are not disrupting this the our life out here we're going to peacefully do what we were doing right and you were out of control for a minute so just go in your room and uh but i i don't i don't seem to have those issues with my uh daughter but i the last thing i'll say girls are, are smarter than boys it's just a fact just a fact and i can tell <laughs> the way you know because my daughter even though she's much smaller than my son can make him cry make him weep oh same here you know? You you mentioned it earlier and and I never put it into perspective or thought of it that way, but you are 100% correct when you said the little sister treats the big brother like the little brother. And that is exactly what happens with mine, my two. And my boy is more sensitive too than, than all the other kids. And he just, he takes it and then, you know, has a meltdown. And I keep telling little, why are you treating him so bad? He's your brother. He's your big brother. He's your protector. And I go to him, why are you crying? She's your little sister. What? Yeah. Why are you taking that? You're the man here, son. You know, ignore yeah. it. Take it. Leave the room. Do what you got. <laughs> now they're not applying any. Nick, no, you're laughing. No. Yeah, you've been through I this. I am laughing. I've been through it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so my have? kids are all older and my, my wife and I just had a, a baby last year. So my kids are 14 years old to 22. So I was almost done. I got remarried. My wife didn't have kids. She's like, let's, let's have a baby. And I was fixed. So we had to do the in vitro thing and um, they worked out and we have a 10 month old little boy. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's awesome. It's, it's yeah. weird being a parent again though. Like yeah. going back when I was younger, it was like it, a lot of things were easier, yeah. but now, you know, the financial parts easier, the yeah. responsibility parts a lot easier. Yeah. And, you know, not worried about all kinds of stuff, but just watching my older kids interact the way what you're explaining now is yeah. hilarious. It's like, yeah. it doesn't get better. That's the best time because you got them right here. Yeah. Right here. You could go take them over here, give them a bath, feed them, put them here, you know, and, and, uh, and they're not running anywhere. They're not screaming. They're not, you know, they cry, but that's nothing. And they're not causing trouble. One doesn't want to go that way, and the other mm-hmm. one that way. And just that that baby time is the best. And uh, oh, it's it's awesome. It is it is so good. Unless, of course, you take it to Las Vegas, like Nick did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we uh we Tom, took the Tom. I want I want you to meet my my daughter that I was talking about. She oh. she's coming in here. She's okay. And, and you'll understand why I'm in so much trouble too. Okay, come yeah. here, real quick. Come on, girl. You got to say hi to Tom. Tom Arnold, this is hi. my daughter, Chloe. Yeah, she is. Hi, Chloe. Let me see. Is it, has he got you a car yet? 
Because I was 16, I had a car. Well, I actually did buy her a car, but then I sold it. Yeah. It was one of those fights we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you could buy your own car. You get a job, sell stuff on the internet of your folks. Are you on social media? Am I on social media? Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah. Are you, uh, what's your big, what's your, what's your hobby? What do you do? What do you do with your time in your room with your ramen uh, noodles? Um. With your ramen noodles. Yeah, you're <laughs> attempted at ramen noodles. You're going to get me in yeah. trouble, Tom. She studies Wiccan. Are you still in school? What's that? She studies Wiccan. Basically, she wants to be oh, a yeah, witch. Yeah. Are you a white witch? Are you a white witch? Yes, hesitantly. Do you have a, a doll that looks like <laughs> your stepdad there that you could do stuff to? You know, I was married to a white witch. I was married to, I've seen a lot of Wicca stuff in my life, my first wife. And then, uh, and then she, you know, and then when you break up with somebody that has all those skills or then they try to, they try to hurt you. Is it, is her mama, is your, your mama also in Wicca? Studies wicked. Okay. Well, you know, I have to say, for for of all the things to rebel with, I'm not saying you're rebelling. I, I give you, but I, I feel really good about that. You know, I feel good. Yeah. They go the other way. You know, my, my kids were Jewish, but if all of a sudden they go, "Hey, I'm going to study Wicca," I'd go, "Okay, we'll do whatever you, you know, whatever you want." Yeah, it's better than doing meth, right? Uh, do you have a boyfriend? Last question. Do you have a, a, a man or a woman friend that's, you know. Special? First boyfriend just happened a couple weeks First ago. Boyfriend, oh, my God. Well, he's very lucky. And he's lucky you have such a nice family. And, and, and before you get married, my sister was married. She was 14. And they, they're having a documentary series about her in a couple weeks called The Queen of Meth, for real. Because she was a uh, – and my mom was 16. And my advice <laughs> – is pace yourself uh, and uh, make sure that this guy deserves you because your family is also excellent. And I don't know how his family is, but you check into that because if you want to have a long marriage, you want to marry somebody that knows how to be a family and whose family will support you, you know, and and, uh, you certainly have a great family. Well, she's going to got at least 10 years before she gets married. So, you know, no, no, I just, you got to put a seat in there. You're beautiful. You're, you're, you know, yeah, and you have all everything going. You're smart, beautiful. You have a great family, so you'll you'll whatever you want in this world, it's yours. That's a fact, and you don't even need Wicca for that. But I'm telling you, it's true. <laughs> she said, "Thank you, Tom." Thank you. And there she goes. There's there's so there's the daughter. She just, had, just had her first boyfriend. Beautiful, huh? I'm, that's a way to pace. Uh, you know, because that's heartbreaking too. <laughs> I don't want to. That could be. To get, you know, first of all, you, oh, we want our kids to be loved and liked. And, uh, you know, I've had issues with my son because he's so much bigger than other kids trying to mix it up with big kids. Right. And they don't want anything to do with them when they find out he's, you know, he just turned eight, you know, and then, you know, but they got to learn to get out there without us and, uh, and learn to engage with people. And, uh, but it's scary, you know, you never want, uh, your first, your first boyfriend, your first breakup, your first, whatever. Uh, I just can't even imagine. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to, I mean, yeah. you know, the numbers game says that 
that boyfriend and her are going to break up sometime in the very near future within a year. I mean, just statistically speaking. And I don't, I don't, you know, you never want to see your kids hurting or brokenhearted, but you know, this is my, I suspect she'll hurt him. So if that yeah, makes sense. I, I agree. I mean, you can't tell on the camera, but her yeah. mom as well. So mom is five, nine and a half, 120 yeah. pounds. Chloe yeah. is now five, 10 taller than oh mom at 16. And oh. we're talking your prototypical supermodel frame and yeah. they're pretty to boot. So yeah. God help me. I, yeah, I, I could really. use prayers because I'm going to need I'm not looking to cross this fun. bridge anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing about the COVID and the pandemic. You do start thinking about living a day at a time. And, you know, you see all this stuff going on around the world. And you do, you, you know, uh, at least I do. I'm sober. Uh, uh, but and, and that helps. But, you know, with the kids, like, you don't, we didn't know when this thing was going to end or there'd be school or this or that. So, you know, every day I'm like, well, let's, let's make the most out of today. And then let's see, you know, as a parent, you have to think ahead, you know, a lot, a lot of things, but really we've been, you know, trying to spend, to, to focus on each day and not be, you know, because at the end, at least in my head, the end of every story in my head is just not good. And so you want to soak it up and, and enjoy each day. And, uh, and I'm certainly, you guys are certainly doing that. We're trying, man. You know, it, this, this whole adventure with the, the, uh, the dad cast too is, is, is helping. I worked 20 years. It still do in radio. I don't know if you can tell by the voice, but, uh, I, uh, I, I <laughs> and Nick, he, uh, has been doing concert promotions for the past, you know, 20 years, 20 years. and yeah. that those two career paths are how we met, um, here in Southern Oregon. And during the COVID when it started again, we're talking about things you know, lights at the end of the tunnel and, and, and the good things that have come out of this pandemic is this. He came to me and said, you're the guy, let's do a podcast. And what should we do it about? And I'm like, he says, we're dads. I named it. And here we are. And it has snowballed and matured into interviewing celebrity dads and humanizing them to show that, you know, you're just like us for the most part. (laughs) unfortunately that's true right it's really true we're all we're all you know you like to think uh you know as a dad a little bit but our life's different a little bit because i have to be aware of you know where we go what we do uh my kids are sensitive about people paying attention to me uh but on the other hand i wanted to ask about that yeah that but on the other hand they like it when you know, uh, uh, you know, I get a bunch of positive attention uh, be- because people have seen movies or whatever, and 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 I know that both of my kids have bragged about that, not to me. You know, <laughs> I, I actually heard my son say, "My dad is Tom Arnold." I mean, it's like he found out that one day because uh, before the uh, the mom moved out, you know, we didn't watch Tom Arnold movies. <laughs> There's a, just a kind of a feeling, around. and I thought that's just not good. A lot of them are not for kids. And, uh, but once, uh, once she moved out, you know, the kids just discovered things will come up that we watch a show. And because I've done such a variety, you know, I've been in uh, over 130 movies. Odds are it's going to, my face going to come up somewhere. And, and they, it, to, for them to realize that, uh, I was that Tom Arnold, you know, they, they know me as dad, but then, you know, and I, I have heard him say, uh, my dad's Tom Arnold, you know, like that, that, you know, like I'm, uh, uh, is it you know, that, 
something new for you though. I mean, you have been going through the last 40 years of your life as, you know, this celebrity movie star, TV star, and all facets of, of, you know, the whole genre. And mm-hmm. now you are now known by your children as that so. guy that can be, so. that to me would be like a whole new level of awesome. Oh my gosh. My yeah. kids now yeah. are like, my dad's often awesome because he's in movies or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think that that would be, Wonderful. I think that when you have kids, you do give up your, your, yeah, I mean, you're like number two, number three, you know it immediately. You know what? I, I'd always, because I had a weird uh, family growing up. My dad raised myself, my sister, the Queen of Bath, and, and my brother. And uh, we, uh, our mom was, would come in and out, and she was alcoholic and crazy, dead drugs. And so it was, it was different. If you grow up with a family like that in a small farming community, people are going to give you shit all yeah. the time. You better be ready to fight everybody. And, uh, and, uh, so, but I think that, that the way my fame or whatever you call it, like people that see me know me and it's been, it hasn't been like some, uh, un, uh, uh, touchable movie star that you just imagine. It's been like a guy that, you know, you know, I've been buried before. You probably know who you've seen me do very personal things. And, and, and that's a great thing, you know, and, uh, and I think, and it's also, you know, and also going be divorced from their mom, you know, uh, there's, a, there's, cause you're not getting, the kids aren't hearing anything good about Tom Arnold over there. Right. Exactly the opposite. And so uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't say anything negative ever about their mother. Uh, if she pulls a stunt in the yard or does something very inappropriate in front of the kids, which it always is, or calls the cops or does whatever, right. then I will, uh, after I show the cops the video of what didn't happen, uh, I will uh, I'll tell the kids, hey, you know what? What just happened was not okay. What your mother did, I don't treat her like that. I I I, I don't want anybody, I would treat you like that. And uh, I, you know, we take a moment because my dad would never say, you know, he didn't want a, a bad mouth my mom, but she'd come over at, like at Christmas and knock down the tree and just be lisping and drunk. And and he never said, you know what, you just saw kids, that, that wasn't okay. And I knew that my mom was not a mom. I mean, I knew that I don't remember them together but she would say, she actually said, I'm not maternal. You know, uh, this isn't for me. I'm not going to tell you I love you, but I'm going to touch your knee once in a while. Then you'll know. And she, when she came over, she'd bring a dollar. That's why I wanted to come over because I could get 10 candy bars for a dollar. <laughs> and, uh, and you also know when people don't want to be with you. Kids, I'm aware of that all the time because as a kid, you know, I had one grandmother that, that really didn't say anything. But she loved me so much and everything I did. And just like sitting by me, sitting next to me and cooking for me. And my grandpa, my grandpa, Tom, you know, he's a badass. He's a big guy. He was a, in sports, a big, and he, once a while he'd get mad at me. We're skinny squirrels or something and did it wrong. And then she would just give him a look like, and then he'd have to come back out and go, listen, I know you're your grandma's favorite. I just got to say, I'm sorry that whatever happened. But, and, you know, sometimes he should have got mad at me. But, you know, you get that feeling. And, and I think that my sister never heard, oh, what just happened to your mom? So she had a, a, a twisted sense of reality. And so when my sister, I moved out of my uh, dad's house when I was 15 because I wanted to fucking party. And I wanted to grow my hair. And, uh, and uh, 
and then moved in with my mom. And you could do all that. You could do it. She didn't care what you did. And my sister did it when she was 14. And she was, those two were best friends. They went to bars together. They, you know, they had pictures taken at Sears together, which you can see on that documentary, which is so weird. But my mom, you know, because she'd married my dad at 16. I don't know what was, she was alcoholic. She took my, gave my sister, she found out she was dating this 23-year-old scumbag from our town. That There's a lot of them. And she said, you ha- you can either break up with him or I'm having him arrested because, you know, he's a serial pedophile or you can marry him. And my sister's 14, you know, thinks she thinks she has her shit together. She's like, well, they were getting married. And so my mother drove them to Missouri and made her marry this, this guy who had already been divorced from a 15-year-old. And then and it ended up beating her and cheating on her with a 12-year-old. I ended up having to go over there, you know, because as you guys know, you know, sometimes you have to fight adults. When you're, <laughs> you don't, you know, but I went over there and got her. And uh, that just that mistake that because she was not a mother. She was not. That was such a right. terrible thing to do to your child. And that changed the tra- trajectory of my sister's life because she'd been doing great school. She was a good athlete. People liked her. And then suddenly she was married to this scumbag and living in their little apartment. And I just remember my, I found out mom was driving him down there, mom and Kenny, her sixth, sixth out of seventh husband. And I called my dad and said, we got to get on the highway. We got to block them. We, where do you think they're going? To Lancaster, to uh, wherever. And, and we did do it. And then she, my mom came home with my stepdad wasted, as always. And, and my sister wasn't there because she moved into her apartment. Her life, you know, you talk about an end of innocence. And, and, you know, you hear a lot of stories about, you know, what you worry about uh, – as a father, your daughter's virginity, your son's virginity. But this is, you know, this was the uh, really the end of innocence with That's her and her life. a whole another level. But, yeah, could you believe that? <laughs> could you believe that? And so, no, that's so the documentary. I'm sorry, you, that's a crappy mom. Yeah, it is a crappy mom. And uh, and so my sister is up in prison two times and being the biggest meth dealer, dealing with a Mexican uh, cartel, bringing meth to the Midwest and. You know, prostituted herself. You know, uh, you know they don't call it that, but she went and lived with a woman who ran all the big card games in our town, the high money ones, and she had girls living with her, and and she she could supply drugs, girls, or play cards, and uh, and you know my sister was like, this is so amazing, she's taking me in, and so, soon my sister's like, well, if she's making this on drugs, I bet I can make more, and then she'd put her business skills together and just, it, you know, but that, that mistake and those, we all make mistakes, guys, uh, as fathers, we make mistakes, you know, we say things we shouldn't, we, you know, I always uh, apologize too. I don't, I mean, I probably don't always apologize because I don't know what I did, but, uh, but if I blow up and you hear, you hear the bad words and, uh, you know, get your ass off the floor and get it, you know, uh, we all heard worse when we were younger, but then I'll go ahead and talk and say, I'm sorry. Uh, I do remember our dad apologizing to us. I don't remember everything about when we were super young, but I do know one time my youngest brother of the, of the, the original three of us uh, swallowed the babysitter's hearing aid. Oh, no. and, uh, and dad screamed at us, and then he apologized. And we had to sit there. Our babysitter was deaf, and we had to sit there until my brother pooped <laughs> to get her hearing aid back. <laughs> and uh, and uh, dad would say, Daisy, are you okay? And she'd like, what? Uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, I'd actually put the hearing aid in his mouth. I didn't 
you know, I should have been yelled out, but he came and said, I'm sorry about that. That really stuck in my head. And so I do, my kids say I talk too much, but when I, when I do something that was, you know, out of line with, you know, I will sit with each of them privately and say, I'm sorry that that happened. And, you know, I'm going to do better. And then to keep talking until they make, they, they're like, that's enough. But, you know, that's a, there's big mistakes that you, uh, we are not going to make. Nope. You know, Never I, and I was fortunate, you know, myself, my story, my, my dad got divorced to my, from my mother when I was two or three. I don't remember that, but then remarried uh, my stepmom when I was seven and mm-hmm. they were together from, you know, five years old to seven. So the formidable years that I, I can remember my stepmom was my mom. You know, I, I still visited my mom. She wasn't bad. I just, it just distance and I didn't see her much. She had a much closer relationship with my siblings. So my stepmom mm-hmm. was my mom and my dad was just top notch. I'm lucky. He was a great, great, great man. So I, that the foundation was set in me to be the good dad that I am to my children. And I'm pretty proud of that fact. And, you know, everything I do and everything I will do to, you know, to the day I die, even when they're adults, it's, it's for them to have a quality, a quality life that, you know, they can tell their kids about how great their dad was. At least I hope that's, you know, if I'm half the dad, my dad was to me, I'm 100% successful. Well, you know, another thing too, you were a stepkid and yes. I was also a stepkid because when I was 10, dad married the next door neighbor, you know, because he, he, he didn't get out much. And, <laughs> and he asked us that there was the three of us still, and she had two little kids. I said, can I, do you guys mind if I marry her? And of course we said, of course you can, because we wanted our dad to be happy. And, 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 and she didn't, she wasn't a big fan of me and I'm sure I made it hard on her because we'd had our dad to ourselves. I did too. And, uh, and, and so then they immediately had two more kids. So then there were seven of us and, you know, I was older and bigger and, and uh, you know, I did, I did dig her corporal punishment stuff. And, and so eventually I felt like outside of the family. And then I moved in with my grandparents who, uh, who were wonderful, except the first day I lived when I was 12, I came up with a black eye from school, which happens a lot. And, and I was eating with my grandpa and grandma and my grandpa just buried her head, her face, in her hands and started weeping. This isn't the one that doesn't talk. To, this is Dottie. Dort's one that didn't talk much and just start weeping. And, and my grandma's like, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? And Steve, it was because of my eye. She'd see my, a, a black eye, a simple black eye. And I knew then, oh, I, I'm not going to be here long. Right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but I think that it taught me how to be a better stepfather because I know what it feels like to be, uh, to be treated less, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and being a stepfather is such a privilege, a stepmother, a stepfather, such an honor and privilege. And, uh, I just got I'm very with Roseanne's kid. I was very cognizant of, uh, you know, that feeling like, Oh, that's my stepmother, my stepfather, or, or how everybody's, uh, treated a little less, you know? And, uh, uh, so, you know, I try to be, you know, better. And also my family, I have stepbrothers, half brothers, you know, and, and, and even the kids next door, I knew them since they were born. So we don't, in our family, people getting along, there's no, you know, dip. We've grown up. It's been really good because everybody, you get along with some part of the family and it may be your half brother or your, your stepbrother better than the other parts. And, and, uh, and so I think it, 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 in a ways it's been good because you can't get along with everybody. 
you got seven, no. you know, somebody's fighting, somebody's politics are different, somebody, you know, uh, you know, parents different or whatever. And uh, so I think it's it's a blessing. Absolutely. It is. And my mm-hmm. dynamic is being a stepdad it, with her. Um, her dad is in her life and he's awesome. Oh, he's he's a great guy, that's too. The that's yeah. the best. So, you know, yeah. the only issue, if you want to call it that, with parenting is the different styles and the different households. They have both have different rules and, you know, she'll spend some time over there, get used to it. They come over here and be like, ah, it's different. And then back over there. Ah, it's different. So yeah. we, you know, we're bouncing between that, but if that's the least, I hear that a lot. And, uh, and, and what I found my experience in this case is that, uh, you know, uh, I, my ex-wife wants to be in the house, in my house too, and telling uh, telling everybody uh, what to do. And uh, and you know, when you have, I, I wish we could co-parent, but but we've been unable to, because I would love to get the best of her. You know, she is my kid's mother, yeah, and the best of me, because and then put that together, and then it may be, you know, they could have a, a similar rules or or whatever, similar food or similar, but, but you've got to respect each other and there needs to be uh, at least fake it. You have to fake respecting each other in front of the kids. And that, you know, it's not just because I'm an actor that I, I could do that. No, uh, that's uh, real. That's real talk. Yeah. That's, but it, but yeah, it yeah. is. And you, you know, you're, you know, this woman uh, had my children. She is the mother of my children and you just can't get over that. You look at them and you and, and, and her and uh, you, I think, oh, I'm going to have this love for her for do for doing this forever. And so let's get over your shit. You know, let's, you know, uh, and, and I assume you feel the same way. So what what we have in common is the most important thing to have in common is these two kids. So you need to everybody needs to get over themselves. And, uh, you know, I also come from a, you know, my 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 the way I look at marriage is to. You don't, you, of course you're in it to win it. You're in it forever. You don't break the big rules. You just don't. The big rules, you don't break them. And people can break them and deal with it. But I just don't, you don't do that. Because uh, my thinking was, I'm not going to be that guy that has to, has lives in regret forever because I did something atrocious in this. And it's also just the way good people operate. And, you know, you got to have each other's backs. Yep. You, you, I, I say you look at the family because I speak from experience, and uh, and I'm sure that uh, you know, uh, it, you know, I've I've learned a few things, but that's a that's kind of my my theory of uh, you know, and and, it, and you don't want to go to court all the time, and I'm so gr- jealous of you and, and uh, <laughs> your ex, your your wife's ex, uh, because that is the way for the kids, that is the way to do it. And, and if they see kids under, see, feel friction between their parents a lot. Oh, yeah. And it's the worst thing for the kids. And there's once in a while you have to have a frank conversation with you. Well, why don't you, you know, why don't, why doesn't mom come over here? Well, she's invited all the time. And by the way, every time she invites me, I could, I got ran up to her apartment. I laid on her bed with you for four hours when you're sick. So this is what I do. And maybe one day, you know, but one day she'll, she'll get to a place where, well, you'd hope you know, so, man, but you know, people are, no, no, I don't know. I, I'm not counting on it at all. Yeah. Because, now, do you, you, know, you have full custody. I know it's personal, but are you, oh, we have, we have 50, 50 custody okay. because of 
uh, dad, daughter, son, son, dad days, you know, it's, you know, they, they spend more time here, but also, you know, uh, I, uh, when I, when I work, you know, and I haven't worked a lot in the last year and a half, but you know, like I had to go to Italy to film two movies. So I had to be for a certain period of time. And so it, everything, unfortunately with us has to be, <clears throat> that's in a stipulation, uh, in writing and then, so I, I get the kids for that period of time, right? When I get back. And so, uh, my, my dream is to work and then have my kids like to go and film a movie or film movies. And then the rest of the time have the kids here. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's wishful thinking, but you know, so far, and, and I will say this about going to court and we've been to court, uh, each time she's filed, uh, domestic violence restraining orders. She's tried to, they got thrown out of court. It's got a ridiculous stuff. And the judge said, you know, uh, the, the judge was somebody that crafted the California domestic violence law. And she said, if you or your, your lawyer ever bring this garbage here again, that, that you guys are going in. And so, you know, this was after a period of, of her calling the cops. Always the kids were there. And, and you know, I, I have a relationship with the police, specific police, <laughs> because of this. Yeah. Where they say, listen, if you know she's doing it, call this number so we can send it and tell not to go over there. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I've got cameras. i got 21 cameras inside and outside our house. You know, it's good for security. But it's also good because, you know, if she says, well, this happened or that happened, I just cut the cut the film and say, you know, you you decide. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, my my hopes is that she get over it because it's been incredibly expensive. You know, I I was married. I, I didn't have a prenup, and I did. I said, you know, you're in it to win it. Especially you're in it. You know, uh, and, and uh, you look out for the finances. I'm just going to work. I'm going to put my head down, work, and uh, and so there's no money to be fighting over. Or uh, you know, I think it's. Uh, just the last thing she did is pretty funny. I'd say it's kind of funny, but I, I posted some of this, but uh, I, I, she filed a, a, a court, 145 counts of contempt of court, which is actually a criminal thing. So I think cause she'd gotten thrown out of court with those other things. She goes, well, I'm going to do this contempt of court, which is criminal, which as the judge pointed out, I represented myself at first that it was uh, it's over two years in jail. Right. And they're things like late on FaceTime, uh, a kid played video game. And the judge, you know, they don't like to see that, especially in family court. It just scratched them all out, all but five. He said, I don't know what this is, this FaceTime thing. And uh, and then I did get a lawyer because he's like, Mr. Arnold, they are trying to put you in jail. And, uh, and he asked her, I have the, uh, the transcripts are pretty funny. He said to her lawyer, you could tell he was pissed when we got in there. Like, do you think the punishment fits the crime here? And he's like, well, judge, that's a lot. He said, he said to both of them, do you think this is good for the kids? Right. That their dad goes to jail for over two years. And, you know, they're like, well, that's, you know, he won't uh, follow the, the rules. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, and then he said, well, that's, do you, the, what he said at the end is, do you think it's a way, do you think it's a good use of my time? He said to her lawyer, right. me, the court. During COVID, you get a jury together, uh, you know, and how much it's going to cost us, the state and how much. And then the guy's like, well, we would consider cutting it down to the minimum, which is six months in jail where you don't have to have a jury. <laughs> like, just trying so bad. Uh, and, and you know, the, the 
you know, I posted a few videos of, uh, you know, uh, things that uh, she's done and, you know, coming to the house. Uh, I had one last summer where she tried to lure me out of the house with the kids and my neighbor had just, it's, it's brilliant. I have to, you guys would love this one because that they, that she pulls up front and then my neighbor cuts around in front of her car and comes to my back door. And I never was knocking on it. I never see anybody in my back door. And then it shows the interior. The kids are getting ready to take their stuff and go to bumps. And she says, there is a man in the bushes in front of my house right over here. And I think he's, he's going to jump out when you come out with the kids and, uh, you know, serve you or whatever. And so I, I, at 30 seconds later, she rang the doorbell and I go to the doorbell and say, Hey, uh, uh, is there a guy like in the bushes over there? She's like, no, uh, no. I go, seriously, the neighbor just said, I go, I'm not sending the kids out there. If there's a weirdo in the bushes. And then we went back in the house and she's threatening to call. She's on the thing. I'm, I'm calling please. And so the kids and I got, came out in the backyard and we go, here's what there's a guy in the bushes. First of all, I sent my son out there with his iPad. I go, son, go out there and see if there's a guy in the bushes. Fill it. And, and then it, it was very funny what she did. But we came in the back of the house here and he said, I said, we got to get out. I got to get you guys to your mom's car without uh, being seen here. So we did the kids are very fun. And we go out the side where this other side of the house where my car would be blocking that and got the kids in the car. And, uh, and then the guy, you know, ended up throwing a stack. It was for the contempt stuff. But I think that just doing that and thinking, this is a good idea. And her mom was in the car there. I'm going to get him out of the house and in front of the kids have this guy serve him, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, there's another video where we're riding in our car. I'm taking the kids over there. I wasn't filming until my son said he saw a police car behind us. So I put on my cam. You can't see the kids. And, and just how cool uh, everybody was. My daughter was asleep in the back and, and uh, a car did uh, circle, you know, do a YouTube behind us. And then my son's, my son actually wants me to get arrested and uh, get the lights on. He loves, cause he wants to be a cop, you know, we'll take and, him on uh, a ride along, they, man. I Dad said, doesn't I need to get arrested. Yeah. Oh, no, <laughs> I'll send you this video. It's, it's pretty funny. He's like my wig man, you know? Uh, and, and he, and he's like, uh, uh, I go, just cause a, a police officer did a U-turn in the street doesn't mean they're behind me. And then he's like, well, mom is with them and she's in her car. Uh-huh. I was like, okay. So we pull up, and she lives on a very busy street uh, here in a apartment building. And, and the intention was that she said, had her photographer, uh, tabloid friends, ready to shoot this. And the idea was, in her mind, it's like they're going to pull him out of the car and just be, you know. But I pull up, and put the poor cops that do this job. Let me tell you something, man. Going to uh, the domestic uh, uh, things, uh, people's house, it's a, uh, you know, you can't, I can't say enough. And I've gotten to know these uh, men and women, and they're, they're amazing. And so I pull up. They want me to stop for the house, but there's no parking. Yeah, there's never any parking, by the way. And so I say, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go down here by the bus stop. And then I just, I did a UA in the street. And they're all, my, my ex-wife, her sister, the family's out there ready to finally see me taken down. And I did a U-turn in the street and then went right into the parking, uh, uh, under the building. I disappeared. It was beautiful. And you can see it go dark. <laughs> and then... It, I get ready, and you can see, I get my daughter out, and she's still sleeping. And I got her, you know, and then with the, the my ex ran down the ramp, and the policeman, the police, the cops came down. I, I had my daughter quietly, you know, uh, to so I didn't disturb her sleep. And it was just, uh, you know, and I thanked the cops, of course. I think, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to have to do that. But 
just how cool casual my son was about it because you know he's seen more cops than some inner city kids you know real yeah and uh and you know and he wants to be a cop and so that that uh you know, uh, but I still want to co-parent because in the best case scenarios, but you also got to be paired, you know, uh, and I'm older too. And, uh, you know, I, I had a big health scare last year. I had massive organ failure. And, you know, you, you think about that. You come out, you're, I was on life support for 11 days. And I just thought, I just kept thinking, I have to get out here and get my kids. And, and I was afraid that I would be uh, not, because at first they're like, you know, when I kind of came to, they're like, yeah, their life's going to be not going to be the same. You're not going to be able to run around with your kids. You're going to go from here to, to a rehabilitation center for your heart, your lungs. And I was like that, you know, that's just not, that's just not going to happen. That's not okay. And because probably because I'm blessed and because I have this heart camp, this famous heart camp for kids, Camp Del Corazon, which is the biggest heart camp in America for kids with, with uh, heart defects and, and uh, heart disease. I know a lot of doctors and you guys know this, you know, getting the access to insurance or, or great doctors is everything. And so, uh, you know, I'm very blessed. And I got out of there about 15 days later, shocking. They went, went over to her place. <laughs> this is, the, this is, she knew I was in there. She knew I was life support. And by the way, when I was first in there, she was still somehow because we, she'd hired a business manager that was friends with her family. She was still by, had my power of attorney. So like she could have pulled the plug and, uh, you know, right. my, my lawyer in the middle of the night went to her house and made her sign off on that. And, and so, but I went over there to pick up the kids. I had to get, you know, she wanted to go, I had to send her some legal uh, uh, thing because, you know, she's like, well, I don't, what's wrong with you? What medications are you on? You aren't a, you're on heart medications, but you know, and so I went into her lobby, which I, and uh, you know, I'd been kicked out of her band from her lobby uh, <laughs> just for, for no reason. And, uh, and I wanted there, the kids run up and I am a little winded. I have to say, if you're on one of those ECMO machines for a period of time, you're a little, you know, and, uh, but you don't show that from your kids. And so they ran up, we're hugging. And then all of a sudden I hear he's banned from here. And the upstairs they have a lat second floor open, uh, uh, Terrace and she's like, he's not supposed to be in here. Like, and just got kind of lost. And so I, I grabbed their stuff. They had a bunch of stuff because they'd taken a bunch of stuff in my house. I had to pull this cart, and it the street, the the stairs kind of go up, and then you kind of go up to to uh, Barrington. And I was holding that cart like I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this cart because, you know, I might, but I didn't want to have to sit down or lay down. And I just got it out there, and I had my. Uh, uh, the, the housekeeper who's who looks after the kids with me, she was out there. She just took it, you know, but I thought this is sometimes things are so funny because they're so ridiculous. And, uh, and I think that that, you know, um, that is one of those things that if we get on the other side of this, look back and go, well, that was pretty ridiculous. Uh, so ridiculous. It's, it's funny, but you know, and, and the kids are like, you know, People keep telling me, "Hey, listen. When they grow up, they're gonna know. They'll they'll figure out who's who in the whole story." Yeah, that's what I was gonna say earlier. And you know, man to man, dad to dad. I know you and I are. We've only just met, but I know you're hoping for the co-parenting thing on the other side. But 
I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah. I think uh, I think you're better off the way it is now <laughs> from I, I, the stories I'm hearing. No, it is yeah. under these uh, circumstances, hundred uh, percent. And you know, I am grateful for every day. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, it's not, you know, but it's not that I'm not, uh, you know, I I would be willing uh, if 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 she was. I yeah. mean, that's what be the best thing for the kids. Well, again, that's and, a know, true testament say, to you and your yeah. role as a father that, you know, that might not have been the case before you became a dad. And now look at you, Tom Arnold. Yeah. yeah look at me. So, you know, uh, you're right. It's not, I'm also expecting someone to change, uh, whatever it is about them. And, and, you know, uh, you know, I've changed, uh, because I've gotten sober and I've also worked on myself and my issues. You know, I've been married and divorced four times. That doesn't just, you know, that doesn't just happen. Uh, but you got to say, well, how do I, how do I make better choices? How do I, you know, I want to show my kids that they don't have to do the things that I did. Right. And, uh, and they don't have to go through this nonsense uh, uh, with their parents, uh, you know, as little as possible. Let's put it that way. So, you know, you deal. There's mercy. I, every day I wake up and the kids <clears throat> were supposed to sleep in their own bedrooms. I have, I did beautiful bedrooms in this house. My daughter, <clears throat> I got the Murphy beds and then beautiful for more space in the rooms and pink and, uh, 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 you know, unicorns and just everything. And it's got a sky. I, I really did hers. And then my son collects elves. I don't even want to get into, you know, like <laughs> elf on the shelf and then bigger, smaller, whatever. He collects a lot of things, you know? And, and so I, I, his, his bedroom, I did like, like he would like it. And, you know, they got their, their screens in there, their TV and their smart TVs. And they got both have gamer chairs, game like, uh, like <laughs> just like that one I see from. Oh, you have a white one. My yeah. daughter's is pink, and my son's is exactly like his. And but they sleep in my bed every night. Every I know. Night. <laughs> my friggin' my littlest. She's gonna be eight in a month, and she's yeah. slept in her own bed maybe thirty days of her life, and yeah. fifteen of those were when she was a baby. So it's. We're thinking at some point here, I, I've just, I've, I've, I've stopped yeah. fighting that battle. Right. It's, it's going to happen on her own. Eventually. This yeah. is weird. I want to sleep in my own bed, but it hasn't happened yeah. yet. Yeah. Well, my son's never slept in his bed ever. <laughs> my daughter has maybe two or three times when, when Sasha stays over my assistant, uh, uh, who's just wonderful with the kids. And, uh, you know, she'll say, I need to, I'm going to watch whatever show with Sasha in here. And then she'll sleep in there. She does come in very early in the morning, though. And I'll tell you why I did. Because I was like, well, it doesn't seem this is going to change. It, uh, you know, uh, uh, but so I'm going to get a crapmatic beds. Like, I got two side by side. Like, and then the, the kid, each kid gets a remote control. And, you know, uh, make it how you want it. How you get a, you know, it's also they have some massaging uh, thing yeah. to it. So I, what, the rare times I get to be in there, uh, <laughs> you know, alone, I, I do that. So. It, my life is built around the kids as it should be. And, uh, and I think organically there'll be a day when it stops and they're all doing their own roofs and their own friends and their own. And, uh, and, and that's the right thing, but I'm a hundred percent sure I'll be sad about it too. I and, and know, I, you know, my kids, I have to say, they've taught me that I could live that I don't need. We had a huge house, the last house. And then we had, you know, I've had to downsize because of, of, uh, of my income and, and uh, divorce. And, and then we got this much smaller house and, you know, two bedrooms, three bathrooms, very, you know, 
I don't know if it's even uh, maybe 1,800 feet, 1,700 feet, 16, maybe less. It's got this back house, which helps with my office and stuff. But we really, uh, for the last couple years uh, before their mom moved, the kids I lived in the master suite area. We didn't go even, everything could happen there. We could have the, we had the bathroom there. We had, you know, and, and everything. We lived our life in this area, this small area, but big for one roof. Right. But I thought, well, we don't need all of this. It's a good thing because, you know, you, you that I can't have all of that. And, uh, but, but, you know, we, we live, uh, I live a, a, a much simpler life, but we use everything now, every bit, except for their bedrooms. <laughs> right. Every square inch, but the <laughs> damn bedroom. Well, my yeah. son, thankfully, he grew out of it. He he was about three and a half, four, and he decided, I'm going to go sleep in my bed. And he hasn't looked yeah. back. The issue we have now is we have a three bedroom house and three kids. And yeah. mom and dad take one. So 10 right. year old and seven year old right. share. I think Avery, my littlest, doesn't want to sleep in that bedroom because it's not hers to herself. And of course, big brother who's been in there alone. Most of the time is automatically assuming it's all his bedroom. So here's another dynamic first world problems as parents that you have to deal with. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hopefully yeah, well, we're this yeah. dad cast things have become so successful. I just want a four bedroom house. So each kid can have their own room for another year. And then Chloe's going to move out. And then the problem is disappeared anyway. So yeah, anyway, yeah, Chloe's <laughs> never going to move out. Um, you, um, I, you know, the way things are, up, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Uh, that We have seven kids in my original family. So, I mean, and five boys. So my dad gave my sisters each a bedroom. And then it was a, a four-bedroom house. And then the five boys are on bunk beds, like the freaking <laughs> Whoa, army in right? the other room. And uh, there was no bathroom upstairs. And so my dad several times had to paint the side of the house because of the yellow streaks <laughs> out the, yeah. our window. Because, you know, or I should say we had to paint it. Let's, <laughs> let's not, you know, whatever. Damn That's but, actually a great know, idea. Uh, I never thought of that. That uh, My window is much closer to the bathroom is. Well, you may be yeah, onto something. I mean, you could get, <laughs> if you're in the hospital, they give you one of those things, those bucket things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just bring it home. Yeah, let me tell you, you I, driving to school. And we had to drive, you know, ball hauling down here. It's so busy. It's a busy, and the kids' schools on the other last five years on the other side of that hill. So I'd have to in the morning. We'd get in the car, and you know, they, a lot of times the kids still had diapers on, so they could pee whenever they want. But even <laughs> after that, and I brought one of I had a big mouth, uh, one of those jugs to put you know, water or sport drink, uh-huh. and man, you got to have that ready to go. And uh, you just because there's no place for dad to pee, and especially since I'm older. We get stuck in traffic, and it, it's not going anywhere. And, you know, you got to just have that and just get really good at doing this. And That's... always remember to clean it out when you get home. But you do what you got to do. And I've had my son, <laughs> we would drive by my lawyer's house on uh, Deep Canyon up there to uh, Mulholland, and it triggered something my son because I let him poop there once. Oh, no. <laughs> and, uh, so every time we go by this same house, he's like, I have to poop. I said, no, no. <laughs> no. Uh, well, you know, it, we've, uh, we've, uh, uh, they've, uh, we potty to the street. I got to carry a big towel in case I have to surround them. And if the kids, if, if the times that the kids had to pee pee the street, it's always triggered me where I take care of them. And I'm like, oh, sh- now I have to do this. And so, uh, being the kind of dad that goes with the the flow, you know, um, 
I think it, I think it's been helpful. Yeah. I, that's why I got the hell out of LA. I grew up yeah. down there, man. 30 years of my life. I moved to Oregon probably because the traffic that uh, it, I go and visit and, and all the anxiety comes back. It's, yeah. Oh, it's tragic. Oh, the yeah. traffic down there. Uh, and, and the story about me peeing in the jug, you'd think that moms would appreciate that, but no woman nope. likes any story about you know, <laughs> having an emergency pee or poo or no, nope. they just don't, you know, I, you know, they'll be on board. I'll be talking Cause I talk at a lot of moms at school, you know, when I wait outside or do stuff. And they're on board with me until, until that. Yeah, I, you know? <laughs> I wish we could have spoken, you know, eight years ago before Jax was born, man. And I would yeah. have let you know that that no, 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 no. And that the poop yeah. farts, they stick with the dads on that one. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My daughter, because, you know, she, boys, uh, you know, again, I grew up in big farms and, and there's lots of places to, to pee pee. And my daughter, uh, one day we're back here. And she said, "Can I? Can I do go out, go potty outside?" And I said, "Yeah." And then she, she, you know, she just takes off her. And she tries. She doesn't standing up like her brother. And then, then, and, and, you know, <laughs> and so the next time we were out here, she said, "Can I do that?" I said, "Yeah, you can, but I want to teach you something, you know, because you may we may be camping or somewhere. I just want to show you, and, and this is how it makes it easier for a girl to pee." outside you know kind of bent over i wanted her to know that i thought that's a skill that i could give my kids and absolutely not i don't disagree with that yeah and so you know i just say what i just want to show you how you can be easier and, and uh and uh this is how this is how girls pee be outside <laughs> i would have just been said you know back in the day this is how mom did it when we left drunk from the bar okay so this is how it works of course, of course. <laughs> you know, never know idea have an emergency all right, yeah. Tom, man, we are pretty much out of time. I mean, I'll keep going if you want to keep going, no, man. Listen, I want to say something. I, I yes. listen to you guys, and and uh, I, I like the way you guys look, too. I have to say that that uh, other dad things, uh, you know, you go, well, who is that guy that's talking to me? He seems like a, a, a teacher, an expert, and you guys are just down down-home dads, and it's nice to – is that's why I really wanted to be a part of this and I hope it blows up huge and uh, you certainly deserve it. Well, we appreciate that, man. We, I mean, we pride ourselves on being just two real guys, man, who, you know, yeah. real normal dads who, who <laughs> go through it just yeah. like you. And, yeah. uh, you know, to hear you say that, man, that is, that is, I appreciate that, man. Thank you yeah, so man, very thank much. Thank you so much now, but before you leave, I have one request of you. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm sure you get this. Maybe not for a while, but can you give me the ice cube tray line from True oh, Lies? I do get that. <laughs> I do get that. And there's a, there's, I've seen, there's memes of that scene. And I believe it was when Arnold came out of, uh, he just found out he thought his wife was cheating yep, on him. Yep. We're out on the street. I think it's that scene. Yep. And, uh, and well, the other thing I, I ad libbed was fucker. With the bus, because this Aaron Stunt guy was driving the bus, and he about hit Arnold. <laughs> yeah. So, like in the middle of this scene, I, and that was not in the script. <laughs> He's a nice guy, that guy, but he got very close to us, and poor Arnold was in a daze. And, and what happened that day earlier was, I'd said to, I came into work, and you know, I was going through a divorce, believe it or not, then too. And I said, uh, you know, the night before, someone had come into my house and taken all the batteries out of all the remote controls. Like that's all they did. 
And, and I, you know, I still tried to make them work. And I, and <laughs> I thought, who's that devious that would do this? And then Arnold and I were doing uh, uh, shakes. You know, he came over to my house to, I'll tell you, before we started the movie, James Cameron, the director's like, uh, would you like Arnold to come over to your house and, and uh, train with you? And I'm like, yeah, I believe I would like the greatest bodybuilder <laughs> right. ever come to oh, my yeah. home, work out in my unused home gym. And so he came uh, the morning, the first morning, we were getting ready to work, and he came right early, and I opened the door. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot you were coming, man. Everybody I've ever met is here. Okay, guys, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> we're working out. And so we worked out, and then uh, the next night, uh, Jim, Jim Cameron's like, well, what time should Arnold be there tomorrow? I go, oh, no, we're not. I'm done. Uh, he said, what? <laughs> I said, well, now I can say I worked out with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but we're getting out with him because he's so good. He's so excellent. He tries to help, you know, people, me. And so first thing he does is he looks at your body. He's like, it has to give you a compliment. He starts out there. You know, uh, Tom, you have fantastic shins. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then he starts into my trouble spots. And I got a lot of trouble spots. So, uh, but but we I stayed. We were doing uh, shakes. And I said, I'll still do that. We'll drink our shakes, blend them up. eats a lot of ice special make sure that he had and uh and i had a, a bunch of extra ice cube tray just filled up and i, I came in uh, on the morning to make my shake and there was no the only thing missed from the house was the ice cube trays and roseanne had 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 she or someone had stuck into my house and so i went to work that morning i go and i said i told him what happened i go what kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cube trays out of the freezer like for real and james jim cameron's <laughs> like say that in this next scene and uh, so I talked about my ex-wife taking this ice cube crates out of the freezer, and, <laughs> you know, and oh, it, really, awesome. it was real. And a lot of true lies is very real. Uh, Arnold and I's relationship is similar to this day. He was the first person at the hospital when my son was born. My kids love him. You know, he's got a little horse. He's got a miniature horse. And and uh, I got a video. I took Jax over to his place. He's got his and, and Jack's had a. Again, he doesn't grow up on a farm like me. So he took a carrot and shoved it into the horse's mouth. And the horse <laughs> bit down a little bit. You know, they'll do. And I got Jax's face like, oh, you know. Uh, so, you know, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the best human beings uh, that I not only know, but in my lifetime. What he has done for, you know, he he loves he loves this country so much. I mean, nobody, and that's another thing. I filmed in Washington, D.C. with Arnold. And... You know, the monuments, when you land in Washington, D.C., it's, it's so, you're like, oh, my God, look what's, oh, look, here's the the, the Lincoln Memorial and, and the White House and, and the, you know, the Capitol. And, and you get a little chill. I do. And, but 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 he, this dude, you know, he's an immigrant that freaking loves this country. And so he was, uh, he, he said, uh, you know, uh, we had, uh, uh, there was a stop down. We we're filming on Constitution Avenue, which is a big street there. I, I bet you can't even film there anymore. And a light went out over here and he's like, and Bill Paxson was in the back seat. And I love Bill Paxson, man. That guy was so yeah, funny. And rest in peace, man. And, and so loved life. You know, he loved every day of filming. He loved life. He loved his family. And very sad that, that, that he's gone. But Bill's in the back seat. Arnold and I were in the front in this, this SUV. And, uh, and I love making Bill Paxson laugh because yeah, I'd make fun of Arnold was the best way because he uh, nobody else would do that. And, and Bill Paxton was very close to Jim Cameron. They started the business together. They started when they were like 
distressing tables. They're working on sets, building sets. They go way back. And so I, you know, it, I got a lot of uh, fun stuff to say about Jim Cameron from uh, Bill Paxton. So Bill's in the back and <clears throat> Arnold's like, you know, the, the lights, it, it burned out. It's going to be 20 minutes. I'm going to take you guys on a tour of the monuments. <laughs> and again, I love the monuments, but seeing it through his eyes is so annoying. He's like, this is a, this is or this is what happened here. And he's so fabulous. And, he, and I look at Bill Paxton like, okay, yeah, that's, this is. And so we came back around the street to get back in our, Position and Jim, Jim Cameron standing in the middle of the street like this. And Jim Cameron's not a small guy. He's a six foot three, raw bone Canadian, and he will he will do he'll get it going. And so uh, Arnold stopped the car and he put his hands on the the hood. It comes around to my side and uh, and and and, and, and opens his door and crawls over me and says, "Hey, motherfucker, you do stuff like that again, I'm gonna have Paul Verhoeven finish this movie." And, uh, and, uh, then he gets, then he, uh, uh, gets out and, and I get back in the car and I'm like, are you going to take that shit for that fucker? <laughs> right. And look at all the people watching. Cause there's hundreds of people and Arnold did something that really, uh, is important to me. And it's a good lesson. He's like, I have to, I fucked up. And, uh, and you know, that time, you know, that was a important thing to see. You know, and then, but those guys are best buddies too. You know, everybody's still, we're all still great friends. And, you know, once in a while we get mad at our brothers, our buddies. And, uh, um, but, it, but it was Arnold's reaction. Like, you know, here at that time, you know, he's the biggest star in the world. He could have said, oh, this is, but he said, you know, I've, I fuck up. It took two minutes to fix that light, right. not 20. So they had traffic blocked on that street. And that was a big deal. So, all right, guys. Uh, oh. What's happening? Who's that looking out the door right now? Oh, okay. You want to eat one more child? Then we'll end this thing. Sawyer, get over here. I want you to meet my new friend, Tom Arnold. And in about two years, you know what? Screw it. We're watching True Lies tonight. Yeah. How are you, Sawyer? This is Tom Arnold. Uh, Tom Arnold. I've been, uh, I've been, I'm I'm sure there maybe are some other movies you could watch. How old are you, son? How old are you? 18. And he's out of here. <laughs> that sounds like my kid. He's 10. That he's 10 like years kid. old. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good age. Time of your life. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. It all is. downhill. Here. All right. Get out of here, boy. All right. But you could watch True Lies with a 10, with a 10 year old. You uh, know, you can yeah. watch. Uh, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's you definitely should watch that. It's yeah. one of the greatest Full movies. Played, uh, if I yeah. had if I had Arnold on the show, I would have asked him to do It's a Snow Cone. <laughs> it's a Snow Cone Maker. That's one of my favorite lines, too. <laughs> okay. You know, my kids, my son has a poster of Arnold Schwarzenegger in his bedroom. And it's one of the ones that I like because it's early bodybuilding. And right, it's a don't. really cool picture. And again, here's a guy, let's just say it's about Arnold. Every dream he's ever had, he's done it. You know, he came to this country. He, he couldn't hardly speak English. He still can't a little bit. His <laughs> name is mispronounceable. And he became the biggest star, movie star in the world. And he's such a big businessman. You know, he's a billionaire for doing things and his charities raised over a billion dollars for charities himself. And they're all kids charities. They're all like, you know, the inner city games or, uh, you know, the after school all-stars about school, about getting, you know, and, and his bodybuilding. I mean, he changed just not just bodybuilding, but fitness. Right. And he knows so much about it. And, you know, he's so, you know, uh, uh, uh popular all over the world, but he really is. I guess sometimes I can't believe we're friends. Like, he was a guy I knew who he was when I was at the meatpacking plant. 
uh, you know, and and uh, and to be good friends with him has been such an honor. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. one of my unicorns to have on the show. So wink, yes. wink, Tom, <laughs> if you felt, if you really had a good time today and he's you want to drop too, a good so, word, yeah. we'd appreciate yeah, it, man. He's, he's, he's funny. He's funny too. You know, you find out that he loves to laugh, man. He just loves it. And uh, if anything gets too, you know, serious, he just loves it. And, you know, at last year I would say as a father, he told me when Jack's born, change every diaper, you know, change every diaper. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. You know, and, and he, with his first child, people would be like, oh, no, Arnold, let me do this. I know how to do it better. And he said that was a mistake. And then for the for the other kids forward, he did everything. And it really bonded him, you know, with his, with his kids. So, all right, guys, have a good day. Thank you very Mr. much. Mr. Tom Arnold, yeah, I want to thank you. Thank so you. Much. Yeah, once yeah. again, thank you so much for taking yeah. time out of your day, coming on the show. Um, I'm going to drop you one piece of knowledge and a possible seed request. Uh, yes. We've been telling all of our uh, guests here for the past um, couple months, I'm planning on doing a Father's Day episode of DadCast, something short and sweet with every guest we've had on in the past couple months. We're talking yeah. like 18 squares on the computer right, screen right, there. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, a special Father's Day episode where we can wish each other happy father's day and a happy father's day to all the dads out there if that is something you'd be interested in we'd love to have you on it'll be short and sweet sometime early june um if- okay yeah 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 we'll work that out we'll do that awesome man we'll and if that. not no big deal you know it's just a great idea i thought and uh you know to help pr- promote dad well, it had to be in the middle of Father's Day. No, 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 no. I'm just going to plan on dropping it on Father's Day. This is going to yeah. be recorded <laughs> well beforehand. Yeah, let's yeah. ruin everyone's Father's Day for little old me. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. And, uh, and watch my podcast or listen to my oh, podcast. Yeah, that is right. Talk yeah, about uh, your podcast real quick. It's, it's very quickly. It's called Off Topic with Tom Arnold and Sasha Boggs, my assistant, who lives here with the kids and I. She's a comedian. She's an actress. She's also very good with the kids. And we, you know, it's a lot of the minutia of what goes on here, but also the fact is she's 30 and I'm 60 and our, our point of view of anything, music, whatever. Yeah. She knows nothing. Let me put it that way. Right. <laughs> but you know nothing either, right? Yeah. I know nothing either, but it's fun to, uh, you know, we have a good time. It's something to do. Uh, we've done it during the whole uh, pandemic. And then, uh, you know, the queen of meth premieres on uh, discovery plus on uh, the seventh of May, and I watched the three. It's three uh, hour episodes, and I watched it, and they, they did a very good job. And there's a lot about, uh, you know, parenting in there, as you can be bad parenting, but yeah. parenting and, and uh, sobriety. And, and there's a lot of crime, too, because the, the, the guy, the main DEA agent that, that busted my sister breaks it down. And uh, so there's a lot of stuff, is, you know, so check that out. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you in June. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. On behalf of DadCast, Nick Martin, thank you so much. I am JP Tom Arnold. Thank you once again. We will see all of you next week. See you.